This is The Mandalorian Union, a podcast where married nerds, Megan and Zach, discuss the Disney Plus show, The Mandalorian. This is episode four, chapter three, and jetpacks. Welcome, everyone. We are back. Um, First things first, Megan, I see on our show notes here, we have budgeted about 30 full seconds for, I think, just screams. (laughs) So I'm going to go do that. You just take over for a minute. I'll be I'll be back. Oh, okay. Well, bye. Bye, Zach. See ya. Ah! Oh my gosh! That poor baby! Why did he turn it in? Why did he turn it in? So many people died! They almost killed the baby! They almost killed the baby! Alright, love. Okay. Whew. Got that out of my system. <sighs> yeah. So, um, that aside... I actually think during the episode, uh, I wasn't the one really having the most intense emotional reaction. And so Megan and I, we have a list of questions we go through for each episode. And even before this episode, one of the questions on our regular docket is, what made you have an emotional reaction? So uh, knowing fully the answer, Megan, what made you have an emotional reaction this episode? The endangerment of baby Yoda species the entire episode I actually I think I said multiple times I hate this I can't watch this anymore (laughs) that's true there was a lot of that there were several key moments where your face was turned buried in the couch to just divest yourself from having to observe the danger that our poor baby Yoda was in or like think about the danger my heart was racing most of the episode. <laughs> mhm. Yeah, it was a pretty intense episode as far as the stakes that they were raising its concerned because they had baby Yoda in danger the whole time. We started off with the question of will the Mandalorian turn the baby in or not, which he did, and then the whole time, of course, be- I'm like screaming, "No, I'm not okay. This is not okay. You don't hand the child over to people when you don't know what they're doing afterwards. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The show really set up the expectation because it's a baby that the Mandalorian would go back. Or that's what the the audience wanted. That's what we were wanting the entire time after he turned in the baby. Yeah. Protect the child, period. End of story. Mm Mm-hmm. I also, I liked the, um, the name of the episode. The sin. Yeah, we know what that was. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Turning turning in the baby. Turning in the baby. Mm. Aside from child endangerment, were there any smaller moments inside of child endangerment <laughs> that made you have an emotional reaction, Megan? When the Mandalorian got in a ship to leave after dropping off our baby. Mm-hmm. I'm saying our baby because, you know, (laughs) Star Wars fandom has now collectively adopted this child. This is true. He gets in the ship. He's turning it on. He's getting ready to leave. And he puts his hand to go move like the lever of the of the little lever that baby Yoda friend was. Mm -hmm. It was like the little the little ball on top of some sort of throttle or something. Right. It was like Mm -hmm. this little knob thing that screws off and he picks it up because he hadn't put it back after being like no it's not a toy you can't play with it right yeah that's the scene towards the beginning where baby yoda unscrews it off of the top and starts to play with it 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he picks it up and you can just tell he's like, oh, oh, I, I have to go find out. I have, to, I have to go save that kid. Mm-hmm. They built up to that decision really well, which we all suspected was coming. I would have bet that he was going back, although there was a slight doubt in my mind just because of the, the show being grittier and mm-hmm. about survival. I was still fairly certain he would go back, but I did actually have a doubt, a small I doubt in the back of my mind, which I, I think is why it was so dramatic, right? Because we weren't mm-hmm. completely assured that he was going to go save the baby. Yeah, I believe I heaved this giant sigh of relief because I think at that point when he's like fiddling with the knob and makes the decision to go I'm yelling at the screen Mm -hmm. go get baby Yoda go get baby Yoda (laughs) yes if anybody tries to sell a house nearby I think the only cons might be uh, when new episodes of Mandalorian are on if baby Yoda is in danger then there's not quiet No, I'm (laughs) sorry. So check Zillow for those updates. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that decision to go back was really well done. I'm fairly impressed with how much of a developed character the Mandalorian is, given that he is in armor so we can't see his face, and so we don't see him emote and he doesn't talk a whole lot. They they set that up well, mm. his decisions and the emotions he is going through. Mm. Now, they're a bit inferred, but they're set up quite well, I think. So, Zach, who had the best line this episode? Mm. There were a couple great lines. The one that had the most impact on me was towards the end of the episode... Well, back up a little bit. So for context, the Mandalorian is dropping off his, you know, ice cream tub of Beskar steel. Will right? Bro. <laughs> Will Bro Hood. Uh, for the uninitiated, could you give a quick uh, history of Will Bro Hood? Will Bro Hood is a background character in one of the Star Wars films. Please go watch them and find out which one. But he is running in the background with an ice cream tub. And he is widely cosplayed at Star Wars Celebration and many other cons because he's just a lovely and funny character. Usually at Star Wars Celebration, people um, do the running of the Wilro hoods and all of the people that are cosplaying as him run around and scream for ice cream with their ice cream buckets. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. So I believe the prop was an actual uh, like ice cream maker, which was, you know, they were Pretending, of course, that it's a probably a Star Wars object, but maybe it's actually an ice cream maker in Star Wars. <laughs> maybe it's a space thing. We so, don't know. <laughs> all that to say, uh, we, we say that because the item that uh, Warner Herzog's character, the client, handed the Beskar steel to the Mandalorian and looks an awful lot like an ice cream maker. It really does. So the Mandalorian comes back to the secret Mando cave with a ice cream maker full of Beskar steel, which is... You know, the special metal that was stolen from the Mandalorians in the Great Purge, and so it's very good to get it back. And we have a character who is referred to in the subtitles as Heavy Infantry. It is the uh, presumably male Mandalorian with the dark blue armor, very tall, very wide shoulders, who comes up and uh, starts to talk to the armor and the Mandalorian mm-hmm. and and is not not happy about the Mandalorian's involvement with the Empire. I can't quite tell if he's happy to have the best car back. He probably is, 
but he's upset that the Mandalorian has been dealing with the Empire who has persecuted them. Right. Which totally makes sense. He has a good point. Mm-hmm. True. True. Yeah, I can't fault him for that. Mm-hmm. And so they mention the way, you know, the Mandalorian way. And so we have that established that they have some sort of societal or religious way that they follow. And we see the Mandalorian come into a bit of conflict with our tall blue Mando, which, you know, the armorer diffuses by saying, this is the way. And they all kind of repeat it and and stand down. And then when all of the Mandos show up to save the Mandalorian... Mm. Because Ugh. all of the bounty hunters, and we'll get into the power of all of that leading up to that scene later. But when all of the Mandalorians come with their jetpacks to save our main character Mandalorian and the baby, mm. we have our heavy infantry blue Mandalorian who is there with a large gun taking people out, covering for our main character Mandalorian. And he says, you know, go get out of here. The Mandalorian says, we're going to have to move the covert, you know, where we hide all of our Mandalorians because we stay in secret. And we learned earlier in the episode that they only send one Mandalorian at a time to not risk being found. So our main Mandalorian is concerned about this. And other Mandalorian says, it is the way. They say, no, we are, we are doing this because we believe in supporting you. Now, I'm interested to learn more about what the way is mm. obviously you know they are protecting the mandalorian and they are protecting the child and they're not upset about it no, you know they're not I upset about it. it they were it wasn't one of those things where somebody shows up to save and it's like well i'm so glad we're here to save your butt like i'm so angry with you they weren't they were all in right right they were they were there like this is our community this is what we do this mm-hmm. is who we are mm-hmm. we are here to support you and i thought that was really great yes Um, so so. that's why that's my vote for to bring it back to the original question who had the best line tall blue heavy infantry mandalorian because there was so much packed into that one moment where we had set up for their culture set up for a little bit of conflict and then it said so much it is the way it said so much about the way without really telling us exactly what the tenets of the way are it said so much about the way that they were coming to save Pedro Pascal, Mandalorian, and Baby Yoda. Ugh, man. I can tell you really love that. <laughs> I <laughs> I will agree and say I think that was the, the best line as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Megan, what was your favorite scene this episode? I'm going to have to go with the scene where we're, Mando has, like, busted through the client's compound where they're keeping Mm. baby yoda shooting the stormtroopers yes um but not that not that particular part of that scene i really like he's done that and i think my favorite part the whole episode is when he gets to baby and looks at him and then he's like threatening dr pershing and dr pershing is like pleading for his life and all of a sudden, you the camera goes back to where Baby Yoda was. Baby Yoda's not there. The Mandalorian's not there. And he's... He, the Mandalorian has basically said, Okay, I believe you. I'm taking this baby and going. And I thought that was really, really amazing. I really liked that a lot. Now, second runner-up is definitely when all the Mandos come out of nowhere. And like... Mm-hmm just are amazing and swoop in and support our main mando but 
since I feel that the like the whole crux of this episode is Mando has dropped off baby friend without knowing what's gonna happen next, decides he's gonna go save him and then like does he do it? And then he does and you see that scene and it's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is really powerful. That is really powerful. Yeah, so that those were my favorite scenes. Do you have a favorite, Zach? I think you do. Mm. Mm. I would have to say the Mandalorians showing up as well. That reveal, because they were so earnest, and it was just such a good action scene. It felt really lovely to have such a fun, like, well-done action scene at such a rewarding point that was just so story-motivated with the Mandalorians showing up, and our main Mando pulling some fun moves before that, the flip into the cart, to have that defensive position and fire and disintegrate a few people from there was just really fun. You know, tucking the baby into the corner so oh it gosh. doesn't get hit. I had so much anxiety during all of that. I actually really hated all of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. not, not surprising. I did love seeing all of the Mandalorians show up with their jetpacks, flying in and taking people out to defend the baby, defend their brother. Something, something we... Loki learned is that Mandalorians are typically very good with jetpacks. They can fly steadily, they can fire just fine, and they maintain their equipment so it functions properly, which just tells me that the Fett family, as lovely a family as they are, is just terrible at managing their jetpacks slash equipment for all of the uh for all of the issues it gets them into yeah if you watch rebels then you know that sabine is quite proficient with her jetpack so Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. all mandalorians are the same so what did we learn about our main character in this episode we learned that while our main character doesn't have a strict code of Never put children in danger because our Mandalorians still follow through with dropping the baby off. Right. You know, there was... The sin. The sin. We learned that the Mandalorian is willing to break Bounty Hunter code to save the child. Obviously, there's some emotional connection there because the child did save the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian did, however, refer to the child as an enemy, probably because they were his quarry you know, his bounty from earlier. So we learned that the Mandalorian is willing to have a soft spot and save somebody who needs help. Now, it was a process, it was a struggle, but they were willing to make that choice, and then the community backed him up. So we learned that the Mandalorian does have a soft spot as, you know, single action movie dad. (laughs) Yes. Um, But really... Really not single dad because the entire community came out. The entire community came out to uh, to wreck, to wreck on behalf of the baby and dad. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I learned that as well about him. Mm-hmm. I did like seeing more Beskar armor on Armando. Looked very cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It's sort of like a blood diamond. So to me, it's sort of like you did this horrible bad thing. And oh, that's sure. how you got that. Right. It, it did come from turning in the baby. That's true. That's yeah. true. But we've got the baby now. It's all right. That's okay. Is it? Is it? <laughs> uh, next question. Uh, Megan, what questions do you have after watching this episode? I think I'm st- 
still left with where are these women i was promised we're three episodes in Mm -hmm. we know that there are eight episodes so if in the next episode there aren't as many women that means half of the episodes don't have these women that have been marketed to us Mm -hmm. that seem to be quite important to the show yeah but they haven't really shown up i do appreciate the armorer was in this episode again and she had way more lines Mm -hmm. um meaning like four she was a very significant part of the scene she was in yeah resolving the tension between the mandalorian and his fellow mando who rejected the idea that they should have beskar from the empire or not beskar from the empire but like he rejected working for the empire right you know that was great but where where are they where are these women that's true we we really didn't see them introduced and as somebody who works in marketing one of the dangers is if you market and you say here is our set of promises that are going to be this is what your experience will be when you experience our product whether that's toothpaste or a tv show about bounty hunters if that doesn't match up with reality then that's a lot of negative feelings whether it's bad toothpaste or the fact that all the women you said would be in this show aren't in just about half of it right just about half of it yeah and I, I'm really looking forward to them being in the story. And I, I've loved the episodes thus far. This episode, let me be clear, really stressed me out. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, this one was directed by a woman. And I, you know, appreciate that. She's also doing the Kenobi series, which is really cool that um, Disney Plus has planned. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, well... I'm wondering about that with this episode. That's the like the really big question I have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do hope that given the quality of writing we're seeing and how well-paced the story is, that when the women characters do show up, that they're well-integrated and important. Because obviously the Mandalorian has a need for extra friends right now. You know, he doesn't have the Mandalorians on his ship. Who knows when he'll rejoin with them. So hopefully Fennec Shand in, and Cara Dune uh, we'll be showing up soon and providing some great support, especially with Kara's giant guns. Right. Mm-hmm. So cool. Mm-hmm. So speaking of what questions you have that for the episode, um, Zach, what do you think happens next? That's a great question. We're left on another hyperspace jump, like most of these episodes have been. I think the Mandalorian will be on the run, and I think he will be away from the covert, away from the group of Mandalorians he's been a part of so far. He may touch base with them, but I think for safety, he will be away from them as he has angered both the Empire and a bounty hunting guild, both organizations with resources to to find him and hunt him down. So I think he will need other friends. So I think he's going to meet up with additional friends, convince them to help him out, and he's going to need to find uh, he's going to need to find somebody who knows about Baby Yoda's and what to do with baby Yodas. So I think he's going to have to go on a bit of a quest to find uh, to find a baby Yoda expert and figure out what the heck he is going to do with this Force-sensitive meme that he has on his hands. Did you say meme? Yes. <laughs> what um, about you, Megan? What do you think happens next? I think Grief Karga is going to formulate a plan. I mm. think we're going to see that in one of in the next episode. Mm-hmm. 
because he has been um, really unexpectedly challenged yeah. by the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And I'm really interested in that story. Like, what what's going to happen with Grief Karga? What are, what are you planning there, sir? Because mm-hmm. you were just bested. He really was. And humiliated many of his bounty hunters in his guild were killed. He was saved by the Beskar, which I thought wasn't a good move admitting to a Mandalorian that he was paid in Beskar. Like, no, that was horrible. Like, not a great move. I really enjoy the character Grief Karga, but if he was my buddy, I'd be like, one, what the heck are you doing? Get a new job. And two, don't show that Beskar to a Mandalorian. What are you doing? Right. Like, What are you doing, buddy? Do you hate him? Like, that's just, that's rude. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of possibility for where the show goes next. Yes. That was an intensely stressful episode. (laughs) Yes, we're going to recover from it by watching uh, some other Star Wars shows, I think. And I'm going to pet our Blurgs. Yes, yes, the Blurgs need some attention. Uh, They still don't have names, so definitely uh, send us your ideas for those. But our three Lady Blurgs, they're doing quite well. We've really trained them on the squirrels. Mm. Um, I believe uh, we just got a notification from... Our local government, they are officially on the endangered species list here in athens Clark County, Georgia, squirrels are. Uh, which everybody has only celebrated as a success. I don't think I don't think we've had any people wanting to defend squirrels in this situation. That's good. No more pizza squirrels. Yay. We are Zach and Megan of the Mandalorian Union Podcast. Our podcast art features cosplay by Bethany, who is at beer underscore fet on Instagram and Twitter. And photography by Rebecca, who is Rebecca Joy Photo on Instagram. Please email us at mandounionpod at gmail.com and send us thoughts, questions, and discussion prompts. We're also on Twitter as at mandounionpod. If you enjoy the podcast, give us a rating and share it with friends. I don't know what a pizza squirrel is. So... People got like a full-size pizza, and the squirrel like ran up and grabbed like they were eating outside on their porch, and the squirrel ran up and grabbed like a piece of pizza, and it was as big as himself, and he grabbed it, and they took a picture, and like he's eating it, and then he just like (laughs) runs away with the pizza. You're like, what the heck? And that happened here in Athens. Nice. That's funny. I think there's like other pizza squirrels too.